Hey everyone, welcome to the Landlord Association podcast. I'm your host, George Gao. This is a podcast by the landlords and for the landlords in the greater Houston area. We'll discuss tips, strategies, techniques to help our listeners to be more educated and ultimately become more successful rental property owners and investors. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 32. Today we have Misty Flanagan, co-founder and head of marketing at Elevated Development, a local Houston-based residential and commercial development firm. Misty came from a strong corporate background, having worked at a Fortune 500 general contractor firm before diving into her own real estate career. What I found so fascinating about Misty is not only what she accomplished in a relatively short time frame, in multiple areas such as development, marketing, and fundraising, but also how focused she is in developing the right mindset and surrounding herself with the right partners to help her excel in this business. And as she became more successful, she began helping others in eventually launching her own real estate coaching program called Her Mindset Matters, REI, which is a super affordable coaching program aimed at helping other women in real estate launch their own careers by teaching them real world techniques and how to overcome challenges, and most importantly, have the correct mindset and build a support environment. In addition, she also started her own wholesale business as well as a remodeling business to help other investors rehab and repair their properties. In this episode, we'll discuss how she and her partners started with no experience to developing residential and commercial property here in Houston, and also running four separate companies at the same time. I know this is a little longer episode, but Misty shares so much great tips and strategies that it's definitely worth listening to. If you want to learn more about Misty, see the show notes below for her contact information and link to her website. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Misty Flanagan. Hi, Misty. Welcome to the Landlord Association Podcast. Hey, George. How are you, how are you doing? <laughs> Good. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. Awesome. Thank you for asking. I'm super excited to be um, on the podcast and uh, share a little bit about my businesses and my story and all of that. I'm kind of an open book, so <laughs> hopefully that's okay. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And the more we share with our listeners, the better. I think this is a platform where we try to educate all of our listeners, especially in the Houston area. And, uh, and anything you can tell us, that would be awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So for, for people who are not familiar with you, tell us a little bit about your background and what you do before you started real estate. Sure. So um, I, in my former life, we'll call it, <laughs> um, in corporate America, I was actually an HR manager, um, an HR slash business manager for a Fortune 500 company uh, called Kiwit. They're a general contractor. And so I take a lot of what I learned as an HR and business manager and implement that into um, my businesses. So I left corporate America. Um, actually, this month was, or not this month was four years ago. This year was four years ago, but this month is actually our four year anniversary for our journey in real estate. Um, after we left corporate America, my boyfriend and I, we traveled for about five months. It's one of our passions because we knew once we started our real estate businesses, we probably wouldn't be going anywhere for a while. So in November, 2016 is when we started our real estate investing journey and our first real estate uh, company. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you do now? I know, you know, you probably have a lot of things uh, going on and tell us what other business you're working on now. Sure. So we started actually in Austin, Texas, um, and we did some flips and things like that. Uh, Austin wasn't quite the right fit for us because we wanted to do new development. Now there is new development happening in Austin. Don't get me wrong. 
um, it's a little more difficult to do new construction there. And so the opportunity to move to Houston a year later actually came up. And so we took that opportunity, moved to Houston. Our goal was actually to flip flooded houses. We have yet to flip a flooded house. And I say that very proudly because we actually um, were introduced to new construction a lot quicker here in Houston than we planned to. And that was always what we wanted to do. So we welcomed it with open arms and now have um, four new construction projects that are happening inside the loop or inner loop of Houston through our company Elevated Development. And um, we are softly launching a uh, investor focused remodeling company called Level Up Remodeling. And our build, our elevated development is also investor focused. And what that means for those two companies is we are not a custom home builder and we don't do rehabs for actual homeowners that live in the home. So we um, have a, we saw a need for investor focused builders and remodelers. And so we created those companies. So um, all of our uh, new construction projects, most of them are townhomes that we're creating. We do have one single family that we are building in the Independence Heights area, um, but it is for other investors that are either passively investing in the project, they're gonna sell it, they're gonna rent it, whatever that is. Same thing for the remodeling company. Um, and then I have a wholesaling business with, with another partner. And so, you know, I, one of our regrets I would say in Austin was we kind of passed on opportunities that didn't quite make sense for us. And now I've built this amazing network that even though the project may not make sense for us, it makes sense for a lot of other people. And so instead of passing on that, now I assign my interest in those contracts to other buyers. And I look at those projects exactly the same way as if I was purchasing it. So I've built a really good reputation in the wholesaling world, which is hard to do, let me tell you. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, because I'm very conservative in my numbers. And like I said, I look at it as if I'm going to be purchasing it. And then this year um, has actually been one of the best years, which is odd to say in 2020, because I know it's been quite a year, but I launched um, Her Mindset Matters REI group with my life and business coach, who is also a passive investor. And what that is, is it's a program for women in real estate. We have a six week group coaching program. All levels of women in real estate can join. We have some at the beginning levels and we have women that have been in real estate for 15, 20 years. And really what we do is teach real estate investing strategies, but a lot of what we do is focus on the mindset because unfortunately that can really get in our way, in our businesses, in our lives, all of that. We've kind of found that in 2020, you know, you really need to focus on what's going on up there in order to be happy and successful in life and business. So that is what we are teaching our members. And we just launched group three. Um, so we are sold out for 2020, but we do have a wait list for 2021 and we're super excited for um, what 2021 is going to bring for Her Mindset Matters. So lots going on as you can yeah. see. <laughs> so, so much to unpack there. Uh, I have so yeah. many questions to ask. Um, so let's go all the way back to the beginning. When you left corporate, corporate America, why did you choose real estate? What, what, what attracted you to, the, to this asset? Sure. So it's kind of a, a funny story. Um, my boyfriend 
And so we've been together this year, or this month will actually be 17 years. The entire time that we have been together, he has been obsessed with real estate. Both of his grandparents, are grandparents on both sides, uh, had rental properties. He saw what that did for them. He has literally been educating himself on real estate for as long as we've been together. So when we left corporate America, I actually um, was going to find a new job in HR in Austin and just be kind of a supportive, you know, spouse in a sense. And we started interviewing for jobs and we're like, man, why are we interviewing for jobs that we just left? Like it's just the same job, different company. So he actually went to a RIA, so a real estate investing association. And he came home and he said, uh, I bought us this, you know, ticket to go to this three day event. And I was super mad at him because he spent like a thousand dollars and we didn't have jobs. And, um, he's like, you're coming with me. And so I did not want to go. I didn't really care for real estate at the time. And I went and learned so much in those three days. And the biggest thing that I learned was I could build a business helping people. And that is all I have ever wanted to do. I mean, you can ask my mom from way back when it, I've always said, I don't care what I do. You can call me whatever you want to call me, hire me, however you want to hire me. I just want to help people. Yeah. And so I, Saw this opportunity to build this business with the love of my life and help a lot of people. And so we both said sayonara to interviewing and all of the recruiters that were working with us. And we dove just headfirst into this and it's been four years and we've never looked back. Wow, so it's, awesome. it's really exciting. Yes. It's, yeah. I mean, it's been a hard four years. Let me tell you, yeah. it has tested us in ways, but I would not change a thing. I would not change a thing. Yeah. I, will not go back to corporate. I will do what it takes. And, um, what, we, what we've learned and, and grown. And I mean, we're totally different people than we were four years ago. And I'm so excited to continue on this journey of helping people and growing and learning myself and just being a great business partner. Um, and you know, just being a integral part in the real estate community. I, I really take a lot of pride in that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Working for yourself on entrepreneurship definitely is very exciting and has risks and rewards. But once you go, but once you go into entrepreneurship and uh, get into real estate, a lot of people just don't look back. Right. That's great. Right. Absolutely. Do you remember what the seminar was? Was it a, a specific focus on de development, real estate development, or is it focused on wholesaling? Do you remember what it, it was? It was kind of big picture. It was residential. Okay. Was their focus? It was called the Big Live Event. Um, and so it was three days of just, I mean, you like 16 hours of information. I remember by the third day, I was like, what am I even learning? But I was so excited. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had the opportunity to join the investor network. We did. And that's where a lot of our passive investors come from. A lot of our business partners come from a lot of our education came from that. Um, so I'm very grateful for that program. And um, now I'm super grateful to be providing a similar program, just at a, a little bit more scaled down affordable level to women in real estate, because people that try to do this on their own, I don't know how you do it. If you do it, um, we partner on everything that we do. We have a really strong support system. And I know that's gotten me personally through, you know, 
a lot in building these businesses because it isn't easy and you don't know everything and you're never going to know everything and that's okay yeah. but we have a network of people that know a lot and so yeah. i just you know reached out to that network yesterday because i had a question about a transaction and so i'm really grateful for that community that we have and that we've created because it has definitely benefited our businesses and our own personal development for sure yeah, sounds good. And then, so after the event, you know, you, you want to get into get into real estate in Austin. Um, what what was it difficult about developing in Austin versus Houston that you found and looking back on the right. project that you passed? Sure, it was um, getting things approved. So the permitting process, uh, just you know, the length of time that it would take to get permitting to build. All of that was was very frustrating. We were actually trying to bring more affordability, um, affordable housing to Austin. And for whatever reason, we kept getting denied. And so it was just very frustrating where Houston, um, you can pretty much build whatever you want, wherever you want. <laughs> so it was, you know, and like I said, we moved here more of to flip the flooded houses. We obviously really wanted to um, to dive into the new development world, but Man, I mean, once we got here and we saw the need for affordable housing here, um, which one of our projects we're so proud of in the South Side area of Houston, it's our Del Rio project. We're creating brand new, beautiful townhomes at the $300,000 price point. I know that may not sound affordable to some people, but if you're in Houston inside the loop, brand new construction, that is really affordable. And we're getting so much great, great feedback on that. So now we're trying to find more land where we can build that exact same product. Um, so we really want to bring more affordability in, inside the loop for people and um, yeah, we're just excited about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Houston is definitely unique. You know, you go to other parts of America, it's zoning laws, it's uh, you gotta get permitting and feedback from the community and hearings. I mean, I do some of that here too, but I mean, I think Houston is definitely more friendly to uh, real estate developers uh, in general. Absolutely, yeah. yes, yeah. definitely. And, and what, uh, veered you away from flooded house i mean i saw i know you saw great opportunities in other parts of houston um do the numbers still make sense for flooded house i mean other people are obviously still doing it um you know who, right. you know whether in maryland or other places uh they saw opportunity to do that was there was there some just one or two things that you said um maybe not right so for us the numbers didn't make sense and what we were finding was there was a lot of buyers coming from the east coast Australia, I mean, just all over the world, basically, were coming um, and able to pay 80 to 90 cents on the dollar for these houses. Now they had planned on holding these houses for a long time, right? So our strategy was to flip them. And it was a little unknown as to what the market was going to do after Harvey. And so um, we thought, well, if we can pick them up for 60, 70 cents on the dollar, if we have to hold them for a little while, you know, before we can actually sell them, we're okay. We just couldn't compete with the people coming in and paying 80, 90 cents on the dollar. And, and to be honest, I'm really glad that the sellers were able to achieve um, those, you know, asking prices and to get that because it, Harvey was a tough time and a lot of people flooded that did not have insurance and didn't have a way out. So if they could get more for their property, I wanted them to take that. I remember telling lots of people that if, you know, my offer was a hundred thousand and they could get 150 from somebody else. I'm like, take the 150 right now and run, like do not even think about it because I knew that they would benefit so much more from that. So we just really couldn't compete. And it really wasn't, it was kind of our end to Houston, 
But like I said, new development was really where we wanted to go. And with our background um, in civil engineering and working for a general contractor for so long, we were brought projects. Um, and, and that's how we actually got into new construction. And then we started finding our own land to build as well. So that's how we got pulled into the new construction quicker than what we even thought, which we're extremely grateful for. That's great. And um, so, so that, that was that your first project, the Del Rio project? No. So our first project that we got, actually we did a flip was our very first project okay. here. But our first new construction project um, is our Wichman Heights project. And that's right um, off of the I-10 uh, and Studemont. So we're basically Rice Military Heights, Washington Corridor, White Oak Boulevard, prime location. Um, and we're building six townhomes there. So we have phase one completed. All three units are done and um, one of them is staged. And so those are live and those are um, getting a lot of buzz, which is great. So um, we are hoping to start phase two very soon. So that was our very first new construction project here in Houston. And then, okay. yeah. I was going to say, I can tell you about the others too. <laughs> I get so excited. Oh, go, but... <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. So, um, well, those, so that one, uh, we have that one, and then we have a 12-unit new construction townhome project in the Galleria area, and that is more of a modern um, build, and we are actually wrapping up phase one, the first six units on that, the middle of next month. Uh, so that's coming along. I actually just saw updated pictures and everything like that. It's, it looks looking so good. Um, and then we have obviously our Del Rio project, with is, which is a six unit townhome project in the South Side area, really close to the Med Center. So it's great for anybody working in that area. Um, investors are actually looking at it to uh, use as rental or short term or extended stay opportunities. Um, and then we have a single family new construction that's in permitting right now in the Independence Heights area. So those are all of our active projects. Yeah, on these projects, do the investors come come to you and say, "Hey, I'm this, I already have a lot. You know, this is what do you guys think? How many uh, time we can put on there? Or do they come in with like an like a blank page and say, you know, I'm interested in Houston. Um, here's what you know I want to develop. Uh, and what you guys picked a lot. You guys picked the designs. Where do they? Where do you guys start with them when they come to you? It's a little bit of both. So how we got brought into the Wichman Heights project was unfortunately they had a project sponsor that just wasn't getting it done. And so um, we took over and so there was already land was bought, plans were made, uh, we just had to execute. Now the Valverde project in the Galleria, that was a, a very, I think the person that, um, the investor that brought that deal to us had been negotiating with the family for a year and uh, it had come back around and they basically brought it to us and said, hey, you know, we want to still pursue this. What exactly would be the best use of this land? What can we build? Which happens a lot. And that's one thing that we feel like we can offer as an investor focused builder is a lot of people don't know what they can put on a land, what they should put on land, um, you know, what makes sense for that area. And so we dive deep into the actual area. Does it make sense for townhomes? Does it make sense for retail? Does it make sense for office space? Does it make sense for multifamily? And we're able to sometimes come up with multiple exit strategies um, and offer that. And then basically, you know, they can move forward. Some, sometimes we're involved in the purchase of the land and sometimes we're just involved in building it out. So 
we do equity partnering and then you can also hire us as a builder. So it is a little bit of both of people bringing us um, opportunities and then them just going, hey, what can I put on this? I have no idea how to analyze this and, and how to even make an offer. So we help them um, look at that. Yeah. And, uh, and it sounds like you guys kind of provide uh, the service A to Z, right? All the way from um, permitting, designs, uh, construction, and then even, you know, like you said, uh, you know, landscaping, <laughs> finishing it out, yeah. doing the models yeah. and things like that for investors. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we basically take it from from start to, to close. I mean, even in the um, our level up remodeling company, we are called uh, what's a turnkey a general contractor. And that means we we are doing everything. You don't need to come swing a hammer. We actually don't want you to. Um, you don't need to come manage subs. You don't even have to come to the project if you don't want to. We handle if there's permits required, we handle that. We hire the subs. We manage the rehab. Um, we do everything on our new construction and our remodeling start to finish. So yes, we, we are, and you're free to come, you know, take a look. We have investors that come by our passive investors come by the projects all, all the time. And then we have monthly um, update meetings where it's just a zoom meeting with a, with a PowerPoint and all of that, that provide them updates as well. So yeah. they're definitely in the know of what's going on for sure. That's great. Communication is key there. And also, I think sometimes uh, investors, past investors, like people like myself who never spawn a hammer, just want to come by and <laughs> take a pictures, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> Look, right. Yeah, yeah. This is my project. Um, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what, what kind of timeline are investors looking at? You know, like pick the, you know, six uh, plex, for example, the Wichman project. Um, what do you tell investors up front? Like, what can they expect in terms of timing uh, from complete to from start sure. to finish? So for a six unit, we're really anywhere from 12 to 18 months. Um, it kind of depends. So they did pass. We had we had to kind of get through some tough permitting on two of our projects, which delayed us a little bit. We were in the middle of our permitting process on our Valverde project and our Del Rio project, and they changed it up on us, um, which has never happened before. Usually once you start the permitting process, you're almost like grandfathered in if there's new requirements that are made. For whatever reason, um, they actually issued those requirements to basically be required by people who are already in permitting. And it was some stormwater requirement for smaller townhome build projects, right? Usually they it was only required for larger projects, I think like 20 or more. And now they had issued it for smaller ones. So we had to navigate those waters. Our engineers didn't even really know what, how we were going to do it or, you know, so we had to work with the city and all of that. So we try to put, that's why I say 12 to 18 months so that we have a little bit of a buffer in there in case something like that happens. Um, we want the expectations of our passive investors to be realistic. And then obviously we update them on everything that's going on, good, bad, and in between. And fortunately, because our communication has been so great that we've never had any pushback, you know, when situations like that happen, because what are you going to, you know, you can't get upset about it. It's happening. So we just make sure that we are pushing forward and doing everything that we need to be doing. Actually, it just happened on our single family um, build project in Independence Heights. We were, we thought we were through the permitting process and we just got rejected because they're um, going to make us build a sidewalk. They're making every single new construction project build sidewalks, even if that sidewalk goes to nowhere. I don't know if you've seen a lot of those around yeah. Houston. <laughs> so right. We 
we yeah. had to go back to um, our engineers and actually, you know, redevelop the plans for that and, and, and input that. So we're doing that. It did push us out another four to six weeks of getting approved on our permits, but we are being very open and honest with that, with our investors that we're partnered with on that deal. Everybody's fine. Our engineers are working on it. Our permitters are working on it. I mean, it's all good, you know, because you just yeah. don't know when things are going to change. So we do try to give a realistic expectation on completion date and then provide all the updates necessary of what's actually going on. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and going back to the stormwater requirement, I mean, that's just a big thing for Houston, especially, you know, with our um, you know, propensity to get flooded once every, like, one to five years. So right. um, I know for bigger projects, they require a land, actual land set aside. If you're developing like three acres, you have to have, you know, what another half acre or acre set aside for storm drains. How do they do that in, uh, in the Houston in the city where it's not a lot of land? Like you said, is it just a lot of navigation requirements for, for the water drainage? Yeah, and we, we try to use like certain, you know, in the driveways you see, I don't, I don't know the term that it's, but um, there's certain products that you can use on your driveways and things like that to help with that water that goes in. So we're just being very proactive in that um, and just kind of abiding by whatever needs to happen. But yes, obviously we take that very seriously as a builder. Um, we would never want our project, you know, properties to flood and actually the Independence Heights project is in a flood zone. And so we have elevated it. Um, so there will, you know, there's no risk there of it. We've elevated it significantly. And that's what a lot of people are doing, especially like you've mentioned, like in Meyerland, that was another thing with flipping flooded houses is they were requiring you to elevate those houses, depending on the house that can cost like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So that yes. takes out all your profit in trying, you know, you might as well just tear it down and build new and just build it raised up. So right. We're just making sure we're educating ourselves on all of that and the requirements and making sure we're abiding by everything. And, and we're part of the Greater, uh, Greater Houston Builders Association and mm -hmm. they provide a lot of education and webinars and things like that uh, you know, for, for the builders in the area. So that helps a lot as well. Yeah, that's great. Is, it, is, a, is a, the amount of heights that they require differ in different areas? Like, it do does. They, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, depending on if it's in a flood zone or not. Now, I don't, that would actually be a good question for Jason. I'm not sure, like, if it's a 100-year versus 500-year or whatever, um, but there is certain requirements based on how many times that area has flooded, that property has flooded, the flood zone, you know, now that it's in, because all of that changed after Harvey. Um, so you just have to make sure you know the area and, and what the requirements are um, and that was a lot of what was going on, I think, too, after Harvey is people didn't really know. You don't know what you don't know. And yep. a lot of times people were rehabbing properties and then they didn't pass inspection and they had to go back. And so, it, you know, ugh, I don't know. It was, it was a tough thing, but I, I hope everybody that did all those projects actually did okay and made it out okay. So. Yeah, that's great. That's why it's so important for investors to work with experience, a developer like yourself and, and be part of the you know, Greater Houston Developer Association, be up to update and be knowledgeable on this project before, you know, um, you know putting your money in and uh, yes. getting stuck later. So that's great. Yes. And um, did that add, was the, the stormwater requir new requirement, did that um, add a lot of extra cost to the to your budget? And um, no, it didn't really add cost so much as time and time is money, as we know. Um, it, it was, yeah, it, really, it wasn't 
too expensive to, to do that. It was just the amount of time to navigate through that new requirement because nobody really knew what we needed to do because it was the first time it was being required of a project like that. And so um, it was really just trying to work with the city and better understand it and then work with our engineers and work with our permitters. And so it did delay us um, and that, like I said, time is money. So, you know, yeah. that's unfortunate, but we are so conservative with our numbers that we had, you know, like I said, created buffers. So we are still in a very, very good place um, financially in that project where, and once we got, Got the green light we had all of our subs ready to go and they have you know been working basically uh, through the weekends all of that we're very very happy with the progress that has been made on that project and we'll just continue to push forward so. that's great um, so for people who are not familiar with uh, how financing works for new development new developments uh, I know you work with partners on, on the equity side uh, how do you finance your project? Do you work with banks, local banks on, uh, on these developments too? Yes. So we have passive investors um, and then we also have construction loans that we work with local banks. So um, there's a little bit of both there and we basically have built up our passive investing network, you know, through the association um, that we joined through Facebook, through networking, through um, before COVID i probably went to three, four, maybe five networking events a week. Um, I love people. <laughs> so that's very easy for me. And uh, we have people come by our projects, check it out. You know, we make sure to get to know them before they passively invest in anything because we want to make sure it's a right fit for, for both, for both ends, right? We want to make sure they understand what they're investing in um, and, and they get to know us. And we've really been extremely fortunate with our investors that we're kind of at a place that's like, Hey, when this is done, we're going to just hand our money right back to you. And so we're actively looking for more projects so that we can continue to do that, which is ideal because that's what we, we want to create a network where it's just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And then, um, we built relationships with local banks, which I highly recommend that you do. And being a brand new construction company in Houston, um, you know, we had to do the projects in phases, uh, which is actually okay. It's working out fine. Um, and, you know, we have to get a certain amount of contracts before we can start phase two, but we feel very confident in our agents and the feedback that we're receiving on our projects. Um, and so we've really built these great relationships that it's going to be once, you know, project after project, we'll be able to build all 12 at once instead of six at a time and that sort of thing. But working with the local banks has actually been really great. They have, because it's local and smaller, they're able to basically work with us on our draw schedules um, so that we're paying our subs and we're getting the draw at the same time. So, you know, elevated development isn't having to front a bunch, you know, and then when do we get this draw schedule? And we've really been able to create the schedule and work with the banks. Um, even if they have their own certain requirements, they're working with us so that it makes sense on, on both sides, which is like very appreciated. And I don't think you would get that from a big bank. So yeah. we're excited about those relationships and, um, you know, we're so far, everything is going great. And we understand that we are a newer developer and, you know, and we actually respect that they're 
like making us go in phases and being and being protective because we're learning as we go as well. And so what happens in phase one, maybe something didn't go quite as planned. Well, now we have phase two to make it up. And, you know, the banks have been very pleased with what they're seeing. And even with COVID, we reached out to our banks and said, hey, are you guys okay with us starting phase two on these projects? Are you okay with us moving forward? We, you know, nobody knew what was going on and they were very confident and they were like, we even have plans in place if you need to extend your loans because of COVID, right? And so I'm very appreciative of that, that they were being proactive in that and it wasn't scary for us at all. Good, yeah. good. Yeah, having a local, that local connection is so important with the relationship, whether it's past investors or banks. Um, on the passive investor side, I know we, a lot of our listeners are, are landlords and they have past investments in multifamilies and other syndications. Um, do you have, I mean, it's, and the passive investing is not right for everybody. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to just somebody who come, all they have is 20,000 in their bank account. That's, that's not somebody you want to work with who's going to call you every day. Uh, what do you look for in the past investor and what should past investor look for? Uh, get to know you guys be before they invest their money. Sure. And this is actually one of the things that we dive deep into in Her Mindset Matters is vetting people. Mm -hmm. um, I think people jump into this business and they don't vet people enough and it can really get them into a lot of trouble. And that's where contractors walk off jobs or you don't know what you're doing in a flip and you lose a bunch of money um, or new construction or whatever it is. So I definitely, whatever you're passively investing in, you don't need to become an expert in it, but you do need to be educated in it. And so what we do to help educate our passive investors that you know may not fully understand the new construction process and all of that, we have a beautiful prospectus packet that we provide them and it gives a breakdown of everything. And so expectations, um, percentages, why, you know, just it, it's, it's a really nice packet that we put together. We um, send that to them for them to review and then we set up a meeting with them to actually go over all of it so that they fully understand what their investment is and you know, how it works and uh, the whole process and then we, you know, we make sure we get to know them and we vet them. Same thing as them coming to our projects. Um, I think people don't go check out the people that they're, you know, going into business with or investing with enough. And we can even do a virtual walkthrough for, we have investors in Colorado and they've never physically been on our projects, but they know everything of what is going on on our projects. So as long as you provide that, and like you said, very open communication. Um, but yes, I definitely recommend you vet, you go look at, you know, whatever, if you're investing in a multifamily, you go look at other multifamilies that this person has sponsored on uh, new construction, same thing. Obviously we have multiple projects that we can walk people through and we just really, you know, and we make sure they're a little seasoned, you know, and like you said, they don't just have 20 K they're giving us. We would never want that. Um, and so, so we do have like a minimum requirement and we go through the whole vetting process ourselves and encourage them to do the same thing before we move forward with any um, taking any money or paperwork or anything like that. And so far it's gone very well and we've got really great um, compliments from our investors because they feel very secure with their investment, with what's going on, the communication, all of that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and not every investor is right for each project. So, you know, definitely do your due diligence and talk to the developer and uh, make sure you're comfortable with them and 
same thing it goes both ways. Absolutely. And we even had investors that in the very beginning, before we had started our Witchman Heights project, you know, we were proposing it to them and they were like, well, let me, let me see what you guys can do first. Right. I want to see something totally understood that hundred percent. And so then once we built, you know, phase one of Witchman Heights, they come through. Now they're investing in our other projects. They felt comfortable, they saw, they, you know, they felt it, they experienced, we kept them updated just as if they were an actual passive investor. And then sure enough, it was, okay, I feel comfortable, let's move forward, I wanna invest in these other two projects. So, uh, you know, I, I'm very proud of that and I think it, it, they were smart in that and that's what they felt and that's what they needed to do and I 100% respect that. And I'm glad that they still decided then to invest with us for sure. Great. So you got sort of built on a track record. Um, yes. And you mentioned COVID and some of the impact in had 2020. You know, it's been a great year for some people and a terrible year for obviously a lot of Americans. Um, but I mean, in general for real estate, it's been a it's been a great 2020. Um, and the prices nationwide. I mean, obviously San Francisco, New York, uh, has some impacts. But I mean, in Midwest and Houston, uh, we've seen uh, prices increase in a lot of areas. What have you seen recently in 2020, uh, you know, either way, some of the trends in, that you think you see in, whether in prices and also in costs? And I think some of the uh, costs have gone up as well. Uh, what do you see in that? Yeah, I mean, when COVID first came about, I was kind of freaking out. I was like, are we building 24 townhomes that we're not going to be able to sell? You know, there was so much uncertainty. And, you know, but what are you going to do? Stop building? I mean, that just wasn't an option. That wasn't something we were going to do. Um, people were still coming to Houston uh, and they needed places to live. And we were seeing that. And so we kept building. And then obviously our agents started telling us this has like been the best year they've ever had. Interest rates started to drop. Um, so it really, it, it didn't affect our businesses. We were very fortunate that we were deemed, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for where we could keep keep building we didn't have to stop anything um, and so that anxiety I guess or stress quickly went away because what do you I mean what are you gonna do you just push forward right so um, the thing that we did find was some of the material costs did go up um, especially with kind of everything with China uh, and so we just you know, pivoted where we needed to pivot. Um, fortunately, we still had crews showing up to all of our projects that did not, you know, we took proper precautions. We didn't have any cases or anything like that. So we were able to push forward. And um, then I would say the most expensive change for us was the lumber cost. And so what we did, knowing that lumber was gonna be a little bit more expensive, when we started preparing for phase two for all of our projects, we started like, where can we cut cost in other places so that we can make up for this added cost? And we've actually uh, dropped our phase two, um, basically budget uh, by even more than what we originally thought phase two was gonna cost us. So it forced us to look at other places where we could really, really dig in deep and cut costs. And I think that's great. And I think that's something we will always do no matter what's going on in the economy. And we also uh, placed orders. Like if you place an order now, you could lock in a price. And so we worked with the lumber companies and, and the subs and did that as well. So we were able to navigate those waters. It really didn't negatively impact us at all, but we were also being extremely proactive. And that's what you need to do in situations like that, to just throw up your hands and go, I don't know, 
that's not going to get you anywhere or, or do any good. So we were very proactive and um, I, I feel very fortunate in, you know, how we, how we are moving along through this year and the progress has been incredible and I just, it's been going great for us. So 2020 hasn't, hasn't been so bad for us. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's great. And um, I mean, in terms of lumber costs, um, I know that's a big part of the construction, you know, cost overall. Um, are we talking about does that if it, if it's originally cost a hundred hundred per square foot to build does it go up to one twenty go to like one hundred fifty per hundred fifty I mean what kind of impact did that did that have Yeah, I mean we definitely saw our original build cost per square foot raise, um, and so we you know in certain areas right, and yeah. so I I can't speak to exactly that would unfortunately mm -hmm. be a Jason yeah. question since he dives deep into all of that. He is our elevated development president on the job sites, managing all of that. Um, it wasn't a crazy increase, mm -hmm. um, but we definitely did see an increase. So what we did then when people were bringing us projects or potential projects or, you know, we started budgeting a little bit higher cost per square foot for the build costs, again, to be more conservative. Now, there were all the signs pointing to that the lumber cost was actually going to go down when we start phase two, but we still budgeted as the lumber cost being high. Um, so that if it went down, that would just be great, right? It would just be a bonus. But in case it didn't, because we just weren't sure what was going to happen, that we still budgeted correctly for phase two of all of our projects and any future projects. Um, and I that's think right. that's something people should do. I mean, don't don't budget for the, the best case scenario. Almost budget for the worst case scenario. And then if you can do better than that, great. Like that's even more profits to your investors, to your company, all, you know, all of that. So that's really how we looked at it. That's great. I'm not familiar with the lumber economy. Is it, is it a long, is it, what's driving the price increase? Um, is it, is it COVID or do, is this a temporary blip or do people think it's going to be a little more long-term thing? Um, I feel like it was happening a little bit before COVID, um, mm -hmm. but but yeah, I'm not exactly sure why the price is. I don't know, you know, yeah. it was kind of strange on some of the things, you know, people went and bought a bunch of toilet paper. I mean, I don't know, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> but we definitely saw a lot of projects. Um, there's a lot of new construction in the area where we live in the Montrose area. And we saw, I mean, stacks of lumber on these projects and it was like, okay, they, you know, they, they're planning and they're doing it. And, and all of that, but we are seeing some of that go 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 back down again. So Great. that's good. Yeah. Great. Um, before we move on to other topics, what are some of the mis uh, common misconceptions common misconceptions that people have about uh, being a developer or somebody who's new to the uh, arena, uh, or a common mistake that people do when they first go into this? So I. Mean in the pocket that we live in in Montrose, uh, you know, there's beautiful old homes. Like I, I love old homes. <laughs> That's why it's hard for me sometimes where it's like, oh, we probably could tear that down and build, you know, two townhomes or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So for us, when we, when we look at a project, we're really trying to understand the community and what the community needs. Um, you know, we, we tried to go into to the Acres Homes area and create a lot of housing there. And we found that they really wanted to keep their one acre lots and they wanted to, you know, and, and it just wasn't going to quite work. So 
we totally respected that and and we moved on and maybe we'll revisit it again at some time but we're trying to like i said bring more affordable housing inside the loop because there are i mean after harvey people didn't leave houston people were still coming to houston I know oil and gas is a little, you know, up in the air right now, but we have great medical. We have, I mean, people are still, people are coming to Texas in like drones from the coast and they need somewhere to live. And, you know, and then the people here too, we don't want to push them out of their neighborhoods. We do want to create more affordable housing. So for us, that is definitely a really big goal. And then some of the areas we were looking, um, like in the third ward, uh, you know, near the near one of the colleges, it was, oh, this would make for a great retail spot. We could put a coffee shop here. Maybe we could put some student housing up here. So that's where we dig deep into the community. And actually we were working with local churches that owned those lots and try to see, you know, what would make sense. We don't just come in and just build whatever the hell we want you know we really try to see what makes sense for the community um first and, and then you know create something and then and then build that before anything else so i, I can't say the same for every developer but that is definitely i think yeah. people look at developers like oh you're just going to come and bulldoze down my whole community and mm -hmm. and that's not the case all of the time you know so at least not for us anyways so that's yeah. definitely conception i would say that's great um, we can talk about for another hour on development, <laughs> but I do want to touch on some of the other projects um, you're working on. So you say you started the Her Mindset uh, Real Estate Investor Group, um, and that's something that I'm really interested in. Why did you start it, and um, and uh, how you know who why did you pick your partner or co-founder? You say you probably invested in a project with her. Well, you know what made you guys do this project? Sure. So I um, also started a Women's Real Estate Investor Alliance uh, with another female investor in 2018, February 2018. We used to host monthly networking events that were completely free to any women in real estate. And obviously we just went virtual, went on, we're just a Facebook page um, through COVID, but uh, we created this huge network. We have over a thousand members. And um, I had posted something about a podcast that I was listening to that was really helping me in my self-improvement, my mindset, all of that. I've kind of been on a self-improvement journey over the last year and I've been sharing it. And um, I posted about this podcast and all of a sudden this woman responds with a comment and is like, oh my gosh, I went to the same life coach school as the person that's running the podcast. I'm offering free sessions for anybody interested. I'm a life and business coach. So obviously I was like, yeah, sign me up. You know, what's, I want to see what this is all about. So I had one session with her and I was hooked. And um, I started having, I think we started in February or March of this year, which was perfect because I really needed her during all the COVID stuff. And she really helped me work through a lot of the mindset stuff that was blocking me in moving forward in my businesses and even in my personal life. And so she had other clients because her focus was women in real estate and she had other clients and she's like, Misty, I'm getting the same sort of roadblocks from all these other women. You have the real estate background. I have the mindset background. What if we create a, an affordable group coaching program that's exclusive? We only take 10 members on at a time for six weeks and it's super intimate and we dive in deep and um, we literally almost created this program overnight, it feels like. And we've been sold out every time. Um, 
if you go on our website, uh, www.hermindsetmattersrei.com, you will see incredible testimonials. Um, I never thought I could be a part of changing people's lives like we are with Her Mindset Matters. We really didn't know what it was gonna be. We just were like, hey, these are the topics people seem to get stuck on. And what it is is each week we tackle a real estate investing topic and then we tackle a mindset topic. So tomorrow we have our group three, week two um, group coaching call. And we're gonna talk about how to launch your marketing campaigns, basically how to pick them, how to launch them, how to take massive action. And the mindset side is how to make decisions because people are like, oh, I wanna do this and I wanna do this and I wanna do this. And it's just like shiny object syndrome. They do all of it and then nothing happens. And so we kind of force the women, you're gonna pick one marketing campaign. Let's talk about how you're gonna launch it, what you're gonna do daily, weekly, and um, how to make those decisions based on your circumstances, based on your finances, all of that to um, successfully move forward. And I think that's the biggest thing is we're getting so many women that are trying to do everything because they're so excited, which is a great thing. But when you're trying to do a little bit of everything, not a whole lot comes from that. And I speak from experience. We did the exact same thing back in Austin. We had multiple marketing campaigns, couldn't keep track of them, couldn't, we're doing too much of, or too little of too much and nothing was really, no true momentum was happening. So here we really hone them in, make them focus, take massive action, and then they start to see the results. And we also are really big in um, building self-confidence. Um, because a lot of people are terrified to get into this business. They could be super successful CEOs in corporate America, and they are literally terrified to pick up the phone and make a cold call. So we mm -hmm. dig into what that's about and, and help them push through that. So it's really been an incredible um, program. Uh, and, you know, fortunately, we haven't really had to tweak anything from the first group because it went so well and the women responded so well to everything that we're like, okay, let's just keep this going. So we uh, we're wrapping up. Well, we just started group three last week. And so they'll be our last group of 2020 and then we'll, we'll start again in 2021. So that's great. That's great. You have so much success in helping people. Yeah. Um, and, you, and you say you've been kind of, you know, oversubscribed basically every, every session. And so what do you look for in a potential client or student? Uh, it's not right for everybody, kind of like you know, being investing in real estate. Um, do you look for somebody who are a beginner, who have some experience? Do you require them to have uh, investing a couple of property themselves? What do you look for in a potential candidate? Really, the only requirement is that you have an open mind and you are ready to take massive action. Um, and like you said, it isn't for everybody, right? Um, and so, you know, if you're, if we, we offer like free webinar, we have free webinars from time to time to give you a little glimpse at what we're about. Some people fall in love with us and some people are like, nope, that's just not for me. And that's totally okay because to be honest, if it's not for you, I really don't want to spend the six weeks trying to help you or work with you on it because you're not really going to be very receptive to it. And we really give everything that we have to give. And for the people that take it seriously and want to take massive action and change their life in real estate investing business, it does wonders. Um, we even have somebody from our group two that is now in our group three. She didn't quite 
she wasn't quite ready to take the massive action in group two. And, and we offered her the opportunity to come and join group three because we thought she'd really benefit. She was in a different place and she was so excited and she is already, you know, it's only been one week in group three and she's already taking that massive action that she was too nervous to take in group two. So, um, so yes, you really just have to have an open mind and be willing to learn and be respectful to everybody because we do share a lot um, in the group. And what we found is we're creating this beautiful community and this tribe among women that can totally relate to each other. Whether you're a brand new investor or you're a seasoned investor, we all struggle with self-confidence issues. We all struggle with self-doubt. We all, it's just kind of in us. So we're seeing them join together, partner on things, go door knocking together, have marketing campaigns together. This, this amazing community of super strong women supporting each other is just, it's been a blessing. And um, that's just kind of an added benefit to the six weeks um, and, and the two coaches that you get along the way is the community. And once you're in, you're in. I mean, you're, you're part of that community forever. So it's a, it's a private Facebook group. Only Her Mindset Matters members can join after, you know, while they're in the six weeks and they remain part of that community forever. And um, we provide all, a bunch of bonuses in there too. Self-care workshops, podcasts, I mean, just all kinds of resources. So that even when you're finished with the six weeks, you can still have all of the benefits um, of learning and growing and just being better in, in your life and our and real estate investing business. That's great. And besides the weekly calls uh, and the lessons, do they reach out to you like separately for one-on-one -on -one advice? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we... Um, Obviously, we encourage them to post their questions, unless it's a personal question, in the Facebook group so that everybody can learn. Because if you have a question about, you know, how do I talk to the seller, probably everybody else does too. So we encourage that. If it's more personal, they can reach out to us direct. Um, uh, and then they get a free one-on-one -on -one session with Deidrea, who is obviously <laughs> who has changed my life. Um, and then at the end of the program, they have opportunity to, you know, continue doing one-on-one -on -one sessions with Deidrea. And then they also have an opportunity to do one-on-one -on -one sessions with me where it's more real estate focused on their businesses. And then they can partner with us on deals. They can ask us all kinds of questions um, while they're you know, talking with sellers and working on stuff. So yes, it is a very open forum. We wanna be extremely supportive to them. And we found, obviously, while we're doing that, they, they will take the massive action. They won't be as scared to call the seller, analyze the deal, move forward with a, with a project. So that is, you know, the massive action part is really, so many people are, take passive action, educate themselves, and then they don't do anything with it. So we have a lot of women in the group when they start that have years of real estate knowledge and education, but they haven't done a deal. And so we dig into why is that and, and kind of force them to push through and actually take the massive action. And then they start to see the results and get the contracts and close the deals. And now they're building their business. That's great. Yeah. So many people are just afraid to take that first step. Uh, yes. They don't know how to do it. They don't know what to say. Um, and um, once they do like the 10, 20, I think they, they definitely get the ball, helps get the ball rolling. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And what if somebody's come in and says, Oh, well, I already have some rentals already done some flips. Um, I want to be more focused on development where I want to focus on um, doing other things. Do they, do the 10 people have different goals or do yes. people have different goals? And uh, how do you, how do you kind of converge that into like a cohesive um, kind of curriculum? 
Sure. So one of the things that we have them do is choose one investing strategy for the six weeks that they want to focus on. Um, so they could be doing a few different investing strategies, but we only want them to choose one for the program so that we can dive into to coaching them on that. So that could be wholesaling, that could be buy and holds, that could be new construction. Um, we've had all of those. It could be flips. We've had, we literally have members right now on group three doing all of those. And so we have them choose that investing strategy. We have them choose one marketing campaign that they're going to focus on. And then we have them choose one daily slash weekly action item. And what we do in the beginning of every call is we do an accountability uh, round robin. And so, you know, say if your investing strategy is wholesaling, your marketing campaign is cold calling and your daily weekly action item is I'm going to make 20 cold calls a day. We, start the call going, okay, Sally, did you, you know, make the 20 cold calls a day? If not, why not? And we go around and basically, because everybody has different strategies, marketing campaigns and daily weekly action items, they're all learning from each other and what's holding them back, what's pushing them forward. And what we've found is it's really inspiring all of the other women. Um, we had a woman in group two that was just terrified to make a call. I mean, just like it would bring her to tears. She was so scared. And towards the end of the program, I think it was like week five, um, she finally just did it. And then she was making 60 cold calls a day. And then by week six, she said her new goal was to make a hundred cold calls a day. And it's just like, and the women were just like blown away. They were so inspired. She had other people, you know, she inspired other people to start taking massive action in their marketing campaigns. And so regardless of what your investing strategy is, marketing campaign or daily weekly action item, we can all relate because how we feel about it and what's happening or not happening, we're kind of all on the same page there. We felt that before we've experienced it. And so we inspire each other. And then when they have specific questions, obviously about deals, flips, buy and holds, new construction, they can reach out direct to us and we can help walk them through the process on that. So you don't have to just be a wholesaler or just be buy and holds or anything like that. You, you can be whatever you want. We just ask that you choose one investing strategy so we can really hone in and, and help coach you through that um, for the six weeks. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, I wish I had this kind of mentorship uh, <laughs> when I was starting out. That's, I mean, I think what you guys are doing are really a valuable service to other investors and uh, especially for beginners who have a tough time get, get going. And, uh, and that's where 80, 80, 90% of investors are, you know, um, is trying to get to that first step. So that's great. Very, I mean, very yeah, true. It's great to hear that, all the inspiring stories. Thank um, you. Before we move to the next segment, um, you were so busy with development and in the her mindset that's starting out and and you all started the remodeling pro the, the program, right? The, the company that you started Level Up Remodeling. And uh, you also have a real estate agency. Mm -hmm. for well, your homes. A wholesaling business. Oh, that's a, that's a yeah. wholesaling business? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, do you, how do you juggle all that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know what? Deidrea, my life and business coach and now business partner, she's really helped me with that. When I started um, 2019 or 2020, I was really struggling with how to juggle everything. And then I ended up starting another business with her. And um, it's really just being really organized, being really focused. Um, fortunately, Jason focuses on elevated development and level up remodeling. 
100% of the time. I really dabble in there. I help with the passive investing side, the marketing side, um, but I'm not on the projects day to day. I'm not hiring subs. I'm not managing anything. So that's where I can put all of my focus into our wholesaling business and into her mindset matters. And I will say, it took us some time to figure out how to kind of juggle everything and what roles and responsibilities made sense for Jason and I, because when we first started, we were both doing everything and it was fun, but then it was like, wait, you're doing that. But I thought I was, da, 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 da. and we kind of were stepping on each other's toes. So when we moved to Houston, um, we decided to really have very clear roles and responsibilities for each other based on our strengths. And that was where it's like, now I know where my focus is and he knows where his focus is. So I don't need to be on the projects because obviously I'm very confident in what's happening. And, you know, he has lines of communication open with me and the investors and our other business partners. And so it's really just having a great team and being very focused and organized and understanding where your time needs to be spent. So a lot of my time right now is being spent on our wholesaling business because we are revamping everything. We're creating a whole new brand. It's called hereforyouhomes.com. And um, our main target is pre-foreclosures, which I've always worked ever since the beginning. I love pre-foreclosures because I feel like with my HR background, um, I used to deal with distressed employees and now I'm dealing with distressed homeowners. And um, we just needed a way to get out there to more people. And so we created a brand, we're creating a website, we created a YouTube channel, we have social media now. And so now a lot of my time is on Here For You Homes because that's where it needs to be. And I'm really gearing up for 2021 because with a lot of the auctions being on hold right now through the end of the year, there's not a lot of people that wanna sell because they don't have to sell. But when 2021 comes, I mean, it's, I hate to say it, but it's going to kind of slap a lot of people in the face that they've been ignoring this problem. And I really want to be an amazing resource for these people that are going to be going through a tough time. And so we're getting everything in place to really have just, you know, solid boots on the ground systems in place for 2021. So we can help as many families avoid foreclosure as possible. Yeah, that's great. I think we went through some of that in the 2008, 2009 mm -hmm. um, timeframe during the financial crisis, but you know, a lot of people are uh, saying, you know, because the uh, COVID people, governments have hold off on the banks have hold off on the foreclosures and things like that. Um, you know, uh, hopefully it won't be bad as uh, 2008-9, but, you know, certainly that's probably a big part of it um, in the foreseeable future. Is that, what you, is that what you're thinking too? Yes, unfortunately, you know, I'm still talking to these people every day, even though they may not be quite ready to sell. Um, and it's unfortunate because a lot of the programs or refis or loan modifications or things that are being offered to them, it can seem like, oh, this is saving me. And they don't really understand what they're agreeing to. And in the end, they're going to lose a lot of equity on their house. And, um, you know, when they go to sell, they're not going to really have any cash to put in their pocket. So we're kind of gearing up to to create, we have um, creative exit strategies where even people with no equity, we can still put some cash in their pocket, stop their foreclosure, all of that, and it doesn't need to be a short sale. Some of them we 
there are going to be a lot of short sales. I will tell you that. So I, we have a short sale expert that we work with um, and she takes those over. I have real estate agents that I partner with so that if somebody wants to list their property and they're adamant, they're going to list it and sell it at a retail price. We can offer that. I have relocation specialists for people that are ready to sell and move on. I have credit repair specialists for those people that need that sort of service. Um, so we really just, creating this amazing team and resources so that whatever situation they're in, we can help them because there's going to be, a, there are going to be a lot of people in not great situations. They were already in a not great situation in March, you know, and, and April. And now we've seen these postponements and postponements just because it's postponed doesn't mean fees are not adding onto, you know, the back end of your loan. And so we're going to be a year in almost to these fees and that can add up and just really do some damage. And so I'm trying to educate people as much as I can, as long as they're open to listening as to what's happening. And I do find once I educate them, that builds a lot of rapport because nobody else is really telling them this. They're just saying, Oh, you need to sell. You're going to get thrown out on the street. Well, that's scaring them isn't going to do anything. Let's educate them. And so that's really my goal right now. And then once the auctions start back up, it's really truly being there, building that rapport to be there so that I'm the only person they think to call and we'll sell to and all of that. So we can really just help as many families as possible. Yeah, that's great. Uh, let's say, you know, if I lost my job and, uh, you know, I, you know, and then banks calling me to ask me to do the loan modification, um, should somebody just sign on the dotted line? What are things, some of the things that people watch out, should watch out for before they take the sure. first offer that the bank sent them? Well, what happens a lot of times with loan modifications is they, is they get drawn out. So a bank legally has to accept your loan modification application, but they do not have to legally accept, like approve it, right? So what happens is they, they, say, hey, apply for this loan mod. And so people fill out the application and for months, I mean, we've seen this go on for years. They, you have to provide bill statements and just all of this income and whatever else. Now, if you lost your job, say because of COVID or whatever else, you're not gonna get approved for a loan modification. If they don't have any income coming in, how are they gonna know they're gonna get paid? A lot of people don't understand that. If your situation has not changed, right, and you don't have some, some sort of income or additional income to, to help you make the payments, they're not going to approve. Only about 10% of loan modifications get approved. Yeah, and then from there, they usually put you on a 90-day program where maybe the monthly payments have gone down and they're a little bit more affordable. But then after that 90 days is up, a lot of the mortgage companies will jack the, the monthly payment back up. So that's where we find people that have been through, you know, loan modifications fall back on the foreclosure list because then it bumps back up to a price they can't afford. So now they've restarted their loan, right? So maybe you were paying, you were 10 years into paying, you know, a 15 year mortgage. You have now restarted it. It's just like a refi. And then all of the, all of the owed debt goes on to the back end. So maybe you had a hundred thousand dollar loan and now you have a $150,000 loan and your property is only worth $130,000. So now you owe more than what the property is worth. So there's a lot of damage that can be done that people don't fully understand, or they'll just continue to provide the statements and go through the application process. Well, if that happens to take six months, eight months, you know, 10 months, they're still tacking on those foreclosure fees every single month. And that's where, all, I mean, it's crazy how much the fees, you can only be 10K behind 
on your on your mortgage that's your reinstatement say amount for the actual loan but you the actual reinstatement could be double that because of all of the fees that get tacked on the attorney fees the foreclosure fees like none of that stops when you're going through the application process for a loan modification and i think people don't realize that so then when it comes to the loan mod like i said you're tacking on a, a really high amount to the end of your loan you're starting the loan over sometimes your interest rate goes up I mean, there's just not a whole lot of good that comes from it other than it buys you more time, but it, it eats up so much equity in your house. Because so, a lot of people are going through the loan modification application process right now and um, or forbearance or things like that. I'm really just trying to educate them on, you know, is your is your mortgage company going to tell you in six months you have to pay all of the last six months? Are they going to just tack it on to the end of the loan? And do you understand how big that loan is once that happens? So we're really just trying to educate them as much as possible so that when they do sign the dotted line or don't, they know a little bit more about what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, that's great. I think in any venture you do, especially in this environment, definitely know what you're signing up for and uh, do your homework and talk to somebody knowledgeable and expert in this area before you, you do you do any Absolutely. of that stuff. So that's very helpful. Oh man, you, <laughs> we went through so much. I think there's so much <laughs> we, can, we can talk, talk about. Um, let's talk about, uh, you know, your team. Who else? So you, the, I know you and Jason are working on a project. Who else do you work with that kind of help you on day-to-day -day stuff? Do you have, People uh, over, overseas are helping you with the, with the with wholesaling. Do you have um, people that help help Jason on the on the real estate side? Talk about your team for a little bit. And sure. Who that is? Yeah. So um, we do have two business partners um, that are in elevated development and level up remodeling, and so they help with um, some of the day to day stuff. Some of the um, basically like the administrative stuff. They're more passive. Uh, Jason is really like our very active boots on the ground. And so what he's done is uh, teamed up with other, you know, GCs, subs, that sort of thing that are very reliable so that he doesn't need to be on each project all day, every day, because he's only one person. Now he goes to each project every day, but he doesn't need to be on the, the job site every day. And so um, that's really been helpful. We went through a lot of subs that were not that great. <laughs> I think that's just something you go through. It's like growing pains, but we have really found some amazing subs and general contractors to help us. Now next year we hope to hire, you know, the project manager, superintendent, um, maybe an engineer to really be our boots on the ground so that Jason can purely focus on finding new projects for us. We're just not quite there yet. We have some systems that we want to put into place. Um, we want to get a little bit further along on some of these projects. So um, we've really just figured out how to navigate that where, you know, he doesn't have to work 24 seven. I mean, he works a lot. We both do, but um, I mean, when you're doing what you love, it doesn't feel like work anyways, but we definitely have, I feel like we have a good team, um, you know, for the back end stuff and then for the, for the actual project stuff. And then obviously Deidrea, she is a huge part in her mindset matters. Um, we're equal there. And then she is actually my partner in the wholesaling business as well. Um, once she got to know a little bit more about it, um, I was actually looking for a partner to help with more of the system side and the, and financing my wholesaling business. And she was like, Hey, I'm interested. And she actually has a consulting business in building systems. 
and I really needed help with building my systems. And so uh, that's one thing that we're revamping is going through all the systems that I have in place and see if that even makes sense for the wholesaling business that we are creating now. So partnerships are key and having reliable people. And um, I really reach out to the networks that I'm part of to ask questions, to get recommendations, referrals, and um, being very active in those associations and groups and things like that and building a reputation. Um, I've really been sent a lot of great info and vice versa. I provide it as well. And so that's really helped us, you know, even with a really small team, kind of be the best that we can be. Um, and we're just, you know, learning as we go too. So, you know, <laughs> that's all you can do. Of course, I'm learning real estate. Yes. It's always so had to you need mentors, you need to share your experience, and it goes, uh, you know, I think that's what real estate attracts me as well, is you just so much, learn, you're constantly learning, and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how many years of experience you have, there's all we can talk to and learn from, so uh, and having a great team definitely helped doing that, so. Yes, for sure, and we're excited to grow that team, because um, working in corporate America, uh, Jason, you know, he was leading many teams on many different projects. And that's something he really loves to do. I love teams as well. I love developing people. I did a lot of that with my HR background. So it is absolutely something we are excited to dive into. Um, we just want to make sure we're kind of ready for that, taking on employees and things like that. It's, it's no easy task. And um, we want to make sure we have the proper systems in place and, and, and all of that. So that's really what we're working on towards the end of uh, getting all that wrapped up towards the end of this year so that next year we can hopefully bring on some some great employees and just build start building our team out wow sounds great sounds very exciting Thank you. um yeah the, i mean i think the the corporate background definitely helps in that regard if, if nothing yes, else it does yeah. and actually all all of us so all four owners of elevated development level up have corporate backgrounds um our two other partners karen and david they're another married couple um they are in oil and gas and karen has a financial background she is our cfo and um david has more of a you know a boots on the ground type background and so he helps a lot with that and he's kind of our tech guy which helps too um so but we take a lot of what we learned in corporate america and we used to be like oh there's so many systems in place and now we're like now i get it now i understand why there was all the paperwork and all the systems and all the training and and yeah. all of that because if you don't have that things can go off the rails very easily so yeah it, absolutely so yeah. yeah, especially in wholesaling and in project management, type of things mm -hmm. is so important mm -hmm. to have a good system in place and yeah. putting the right people in the right place, right? Not, not everybody wants to spin a hammer, not everybody wants to be an Excel spreadsheet. You got to put the right people in the right place to do their job. Yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have so many things going on. What What's your uh, goal in five to ten, maybe two to five years, whatever you, you think? Oh, man, two to what's five years. Um, I would say one of the one of our big goals for next year is to start building our own rental portfolio. Um, I do think with what's about to happen in 2021, um, we'll be able to help a lot of people, but we'll also be able to really kind of um, take advantage of building a rental portfolio um, and you know, creating again, more housing for people. There's a lot of people that can't afford to buy and I would love to provide a great home for them as a, as a landlord. Um, and so we're very excited about that. Um, we definitely would like to get more in the commercial space when it comes to elevated development. We would like to start building more, um, you know, retail space, office space, 
multifamily space, um, that sort of thing. So we are exploring potential projects like that already. Um, and so that's super exciting. So Jason used to build uh, water treatment plants and he expanded the 405 freeway in Los Angeles and built a railway station in Hawaii from one side of the island to the to the downtown area so building houses is not quite as exciting as that <laughs> so we want to get you know we want to do a little bit more in the commercial space and then we would actually love to have an infrastructure um, you know, uh, wing to our company of elevated development. So that's a, a big goal of his. Um, I would love to bring her mindset matters to more people. Um, I, we're already talking about some additional resources and programs that we can offer our current members. And then maybe even some more affordable, like even more affordable um, opportunities for people that, you know, we only charge 397 for a six week program now, but $400 can be a lot of money to some people. So we're even talking about exploring something that's, you know, not, we are not quite as involved, but it's still great resources um, for a little bit cheaper for those that still want to learn. Um, and so I'm just excited to see kind of where everything goes. Um, and we really just want to get uh, Here For You Homes brand out there again, because without anybody knowing who we are, we can't, we can't help people. So that's a huge focus. And I would love to be, I mean, in a dream world, I would love to be kind of overseeing a lot of the stuff that I am very actively involved in and have the teams under me um, to, to implement. And then I can just kind of be the brains and thinking of next steps and all of that and not be quite so active in everything. So that's a huge goal, I would say, over the next, you know, three to five years is to really be more up here and not so in it um, for, for all of the all of the companies, for sure. Yeah. That's great goals. Um, I wish you guys the best success. <laughs> I think I think Jason can definitely do a lot more. Some say a lot deeper, more experience. Uh, and there's certainly a lot of commercial projects here in Houston that in the next coming you know years. So it's uh, uh, very exciting projects to have. Um, before we wrap up, um, what's the one piece of advice you have for uh, whether it's women in real estate or somebody who's starting out uh, want to get into real estate? Um, I mean, you've been through a lot coming all the way from, you know, learning a, a program to doing your own projects for somebody who's starting out in real estate. What's the one piece of advice you, you would give them? Um, I would say, you know, obviously forget the analysis paralysis. It doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, I think there's just so many people that want to get into it and they're terrified. Um, and, and the way around that is to partner with people that know what they're doing. I think there's so many, especially in the wholesaling world, there are so many people that don't want to give up um, a piece of the pie to learn. And that is the absolute best way to learn is, is to do a deal with somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, because I'll tell you, you're going to miss out on opportunities or you're going to miss out on money if, if you don't do that. And so, um, I think partnering is absolutely necessary. I, nobody should do it alone, has to do it alone. I don't think a lot of people really want to do it alone, to be quite honest. Um, but vet your partners. Make sure that you understand who they are, what they've done. Um, I would say that's industry is they're too trusting and they don't properly vet people. And that's where we find a lot of people getting into trouble on their projects. 
projects or losing money on their projects or getting taken advantage of by other investors, contractors, lenders, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, make sure to vet everybody that, that you're working with. There's a very easy way to do it. You just start going to their projects. You start asking questions. You ask for referrals um, and to do that because they're like, oh, are they going to think I don't know what they're doing? No, you're being a smart business owner by, by you know, asking those questions. You're protecting yourself. And so, um, you know, partner with people, vet people, and just do. Take action because I'll tell you, that is really the only way to truly understand, one, if you want to do this business and the road that you want to take. My road and path has changed multiple times in this business because I kind of went into it not really knowing what I wanted in it. And now I know exactly. I'm like, no, I want to focus on this wholesaling business. I want to, you know, build this up and I want her mindset matters. Like that's, those are my primary focuses. And so, but I wouldn't have known that until I started doing things. I thought we were going to like flip houses forever and be, you know, Chip and Joanna and all that, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that's what people think they go into it thinking HGTV yeah. and right. then when it doesn't happen, they freak out. So, um, but you really don't know until you start doing. And I think that's where people don't understand. And we actually had in group one of Her Mindset Matters, we had two members that thought they wanted to be active um, wholesalers. And by the end of the six weeks, they were like, uh-uh, I don't want to do any of that. I just want to passively invest. Mm -hmm. And now that's what they're doing. And so they, they saved a lot of time and headache because they actually were forced to wholesale, to cold call, to do this stuff. And they realized this is not at all how I want to be spending my time, how I should be spending my time. They both love their W-2s. They don't want to leave their W-2s. Why should they? If you love it, you, you know. So, but they really want to get involved in, in real estate. So we coach them on passive investing. And now that's what both of them are doing. So, but you would, they wouldn't know that without actually doing. So yeah. I think that's a, my probably biggest thing is just start doing. You don't have to know everything. Partner with people that know more than you. Learn, grow, and just see where it takes you. I mean, that's the only really real way to, to figure out if this is for you and how to truly start structuring and building the real estate investing business of your dreams. Yeah. That's such good advice. Everybody I talk to, uh, who done massive projects, I mean, they have somebody, they have partners, they have a network of people who are, who, who help them do different things because one person can't do it alone. And, uh, no. it's so important to have a, a good team, uh, in this, in this business. Uh, it's somebody that somebody I, I need to, do more of too. I mean, it's tougher in this COVID environment, but there's still, you can uh, reach out to people, call them, do Zoom calls and, uh, you know. I'll tell still you, I've brought on more passive investors to elevate a development in the last like six months. Yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, it's crazy because I've been connecting with people and then, you know, some people are okay with meeting for coffee and obviously we're being careful, but Zoom, I, you know, tons of Zoom, tons of just, you know, phone calls and things like that. Um, you know, I try not to let things hold me back and, you know, it, it, we built the same rapport with these passive investors through COVID that we did, you know, actually meeting people in person for the first time and, and all of that. So it's really just kind of how you tackle it. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, doing this with other people makes it way more fun. It's just way more fun. And it makes me believe that, all of the big things that we want to achieve and do are actually possible because if it was just me and Jason, I don't know if I'd be able to believe that. I'd be like, it's just the two of us. Can we really do this? You know, but because we're building this awesome, you know, network and we have these great partners and 
um, you know, it, it just, it feels like all of it is absolutely 100% achievable. And it's way more fun to do it this way, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that is great. I can't wait to see what you guys do in the next couple of years. Thanks. Sounds like you have a lot going on. All right, we're going to go into our uh, wrap up and fun segment. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So besides doing all this real estate projects that you're working on, what do you, what do you and Jason do for fun? What do you do for fun? We love food. We're huge foodies. Um, so we try, and obviously we're trying to support as many local businesses as possible, which we did pre COVID anyways, we live in a great area with a lot of amazing restaurants. Um, so, uh, we love to try new restaurants and honestly, I had no clue Houston had the food scene that it does. I, you know, we came from Austin and everybody raves about Austin. It's, it's fine there. It's no, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about that, but Houston, Holy crap, it is amazing. The food scene here is like, I've never lived anywhere like it. And I've lived in LA, I've lived in London, um, we lived in Hawaii that has an amazing food scene. Houston is incredible. And um, so that's a big thing. We love to, again, pre more pre-COVID, but where we live is a lot of local festivals and markets and things like that. We like to ride our bikes um, and go to those things. We love live music. Uh, so that is one thing we do miss about Austin because you can pretty much find live music anywhere. Um, and so we try to seek it out here in Houston. And then I would say our, our number one thing that we love to do is travel. Um, we haven't got to do a lot of that over the last four years because we've been very busy building our businesses. Um, and then obviously COVID happened, but um, traveling for us and experiencing other cultures and uh, you know, just, seeing different things and, and all of that, getting away for a little while uh, really helps us, you know, unwind and regroup and be very appreciative of what we have. And so I'm excited to hopefully go somewhere next year <laughs> out of the country because it's, we haven't gone out of the country in years and we used to go travel and go out of the country a lot. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm very much looking forward to that, but those are kind of some things that we, that we like to do for fun um, when we're not working. <laughs> nice. What's the one place you must go back to that all the places you've been to abroad? Uh, New Zealand. Um, yeah. We fell in love with New Zealand. So um, that was actually where we started our journey after we left Hawaii, quit our jobs. We had about five months to travel and we were supposed to do two weeks in New Zealand and two weeks in Australia and then move on to Southeast Asia. We never made it to Australia. Um, we spent about a year and a half or a year and a half, I wish, a month and a half in New Zealand and we actually started researching how to move there. And we were gonna, we were gonna, one of our um, Airbnb hosts, uh, it was this really nice couple. He was actually a project manager in construction. And he's like, well, I can get you a job, but it's probably not gonna pay what if, you know, you got paid in, in the States. We were literally considering it. And um, we just fell in love with the people. It's one of the most beautiful places we have ever been. And I cannot wait to go back there. So I always tell everybody, if you have one place to go in this world, go to New Zealand. It, you will not be disappointed. And every single person that has gone there has, has said the same thing. They were like, we didn't want to come back. So that's definitely our favorite place. And we talk about going back all the time. We actually have a, a, a family that we randomly met and kind of lived with for about a week. 
and they're dairy farmers and we still talk to them probably once a week through Facebook Messenger. We send each other videos. They cannot wait to have us come back and we can't wait for them to come visit us. So uh, yeah, it was a great experience for sure. Yeah, sounds beautiful. Um, okay, what's, uh, you mentioned the podcast you, you listen to that really change your, change your perspective on real estate. Where's, is that something you recommend to people? What are some of the other or books or movies that you saw recently that you really liked? Sure. So um, the name of the podcast, I don't know if I can say it on here. It's called N or Un, F-U-C-K, Your Brain. Um, and <laughs> it really, that is what it does. Yeah. And yeah. she dives so deep into thought work, which is basically there's a circumstance and that is neutral, right? So say COVID, right? COVID is happening. It is neutral, right? We can't change that it's happening, but we can control our thoughts and our feelings about it. And then that creates our actions, which creates results. So instead of going COVID, oh my gosh, everybody's going to die and this is crazy and my businesses are going to go under. I don't want to have those thoughts because my feelings about it are going to be really negative and I'm probably just not going to do anything in my life or business. And the result is I'm going to you know, stay in my house, be scared of everything and all my businesses are going to go under. So instead of having that, I look at it as, okay, this is happening. How can I, what are the thoughts that I can have about it? Right? Well, I can control my businesses. I can control what's going on. Um, I can control how I feel about it. If I go out into the world, if I don't, how I protect myself and not. And so that creates more positive feelings, which then creates more positive results, right? Or actions and results. So that one has really helped me a lot. Um, and then another one that I'm totally obsessed with, and I'm actually in a program with him right now is a mindset mentor. His name is Rob Dial. And um, similar kind of uh, teaching, he is a tell it like it is, uh, no BS kind of guy. And um, I'm in his program, it's an eight week program called Rewire Your Brain. And it's basically changing the way that our brain thinks and processes things from our childhood. So we are kind of how we are and why we are because of our childhood, because of our, what our parents taught us, what society taught us. And so you probably always hear like, oh, I'm a, I'm a procrastinator and that's just who I am. Well, you can change that. And so he's teaching us how to actually rewire our brains and change that so that it doesn't negatively impact our lives and businesses. And um, it's been an incredible, we're on week six and he dropped some pretty amazing uh, information last, last night about stress and anxiety. And um, I think we can all, we've all experienced stress and anxiety. I used to have a lot of stress and anxiety. It actually put me in the hospital at one point. So it's something I really uh, work on. Um, and these podcasts have like changed my life. Um, and so I do a lot of mindset work because it's so easy for your mind to just, you know, for somebody to say something and you freak out and it's really understanding I can, what I can control, focusing on that and forgetting everything else. And that's really how this last year has been and how I've been able to kind of get through COVID, focus on the businesses, maintain four real estate investing businesses and not lose my mind. <laughs> and um, so those are some podcasts I definitely recommend listening to. Oh gosh, there's so many books. Um, I actually just listened to Exactly What to Say by Phil M. Jones. And I was part of a Zoom call last night that he was on and he provided so much additional insight. If you have not listened to that book, it is incredible. 
um, and that I'm very excited to actually uh, use what he has taught and when I'm talking and negotiating with sellers, especially the, the pre-foreclosure people that don't want to talk to me right now. I know exactly what to say to them. And so that's definitely a good one. Um, you are a badass is a really good book. Uh, I can't remember who the author is. I really, really enjoyed that. Clockwork is another one. Um, I don't have a lot of time to read, so I listen to audibles. Um, yep. And it's really just been awesome. And so I, I use Audible all the time. I listen to it while I'm in the shower getting ready. And it really just kind of sets the tone for my day. And I, I'm just really enjoying that. I used to listen to music and I love music, but now I listen to that and it totally puts me in a different like headspace to really tackle my day. So yeah. those are just a few. Yeah. That's great. Mindset is so important in, in it really business. Is. Yeah. Um, going back to foodies, what's your favorite Houston restaurant right now? Do you had if you had to pick one, I know you probably hard to um, pick one, but so many. I know. Yeah. Um, my favorite is actually a, a tiny little place. It's called Roost, and it's in the Montrose area. Um, it doesn't have many tables, but the food—it's all farm to table. It's all local. They change the menu all the time based on seasons. Um, and I think we have like opened and closed that place in the same night, like two or three times. Um, you know, we just, it's kind of like tapas style, small plates and you just share and the staff is amazing. The food is absolutely incredible. And it's just a really very relaxing, chill vibe. Um, I am a very just like down to earth person. I don't really like super fancy. And so it's perfect for me. Um, and it's really good food and it's local. So that's, that's definitely my, my favorite restaurant in Houston as of now that could change, <laughs> but no, it's been my favorite for actually, gosh, our business partners in elevated development, our very first, uh, dinner with them was at roost. And so that was over two years ago, two and a half years ago three years. I don't, yeah, no, almost three years ago. And it's been my favorite maybe because of that too, but, um, but yes, it's a, it's a great place. So if you haven't checked out roost, um, definitely do so. Nice. Our, Good oh, recommendation. Yes. yes absolutely. <laughs> All right. Last question. Uh, what's your favorite app on your phone? Oh my gosh. My favorite app. Real estate related or anything, mm -hmm. or you don't use your phone. To, hopefully maybe you don't use your phone that much. Uh, I mean, I try not to, um, honestly, my podcast and my audible apps, yeah, yeah, I, those are, I love listening to, like I said, it just, it totally, I can wake up feeling like, eh, and I can put on a podcast or an audible book and my whole morning changes and my whole day changes. Uh, so yeah, those are my favorite right now. Um, I'm trying to actually limit being on my phone. Yeah, um, yeah. because it can be a huge distraction. And so I'm really trying to only be on it when I absolutely have to. And so like, I don't have any like fancy, I probably could use my iPhone way better than I actually do. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I love my podcast and my audible apps for sure. That's great. All right. Um, to wrap it up, um, how can people find out more about you to learn about development company, her mindset matters and uh, how can they reach you? Sure. So probably the best way to reach me is my email, which is misty at guidewayinvestmentpartners.com. So that was the first company that we ever started. That's like our, how we're going to build our uh, 
buy and hold portfolio, how we do some of our lending and things like that. Um, so you can definitely email me. Uh, you can find out more about our Elevated Development projects and our team at www.elevateddevelopment.co. So not .com, .co. And then obviously uh, Level Up Remodeling, you can visit www.leveluppremodeling.com. And then Her Mindset Matters is www.hermindsetmattersrei.com. And then we also have Facebook pages for all of those as well. If you want to follow us on Facebook, um, we do kind of have Instagram. I'm still learning Instagram. I know it's crazy to say that in this time. I got Facebook down, but Instagram, we are on there as well. But just uh, know that I'm not, I'm in charge of that and I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, but yes, yeah, we definitely encourage you to reach out. Um, I have people that reach out direct to me on Facebook Messenger all the time. Totally cool with it. Um, I love meeting new people. I love trying to be an amazing resource to people. And um, so I, I will continue to do that. So definitely do not hesitate to reach out um, or visit our websites, ask questions, email, all of that good stuff. So yeah, Great. for sure. Thank you so much, Missy, yes, for sharing absolutely. all the information. Yeah, yeah, no, this is super fun. I mean, it's so cool to talk about, I mean, what you love to do in your businesses. And it's just so different. We work all the time. I will tell you that. But it, it doesn't feel like work. I actually don't like using the word work because working before for corporate America, you know, was very different. Going in on a Saturday was hell, right? It was like, uh, now I like get excited to work on the week. I don't, it doesn't feel like the weekend. I don't care. Like, you know, and we still do try to obviously get the bike rides in, go grab dinner, you know, have the social life. But um, it's just really exciting to share this with people. And then obviously when we get teamed up with people that are like-minded and building their own empires and we can build them together, it's just a really amazing experience. So definitely reach out. Let's build our empires. <laughs> Sounds good. Can't wait to catch up with you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is awesome. So I appreciate you reaching out. Happy to share at any time. And, and please let me know also what I can do um, for the members of your podcast and, and all of that. So I, I definitely want to be, like I said, a resource and, and you know, repay the, the favor. And so if there's anything I can do on my end, uh, more than happy to. Yeah, we have to invite you back as a meetup speaker one day when after COVID opens back up. So Absolutely. I would yeah. love that. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Great. Great. Thank you.